Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again. You can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod, or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, it divides the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Fans, welcome back for Working Fans Podcast, episode 110. We are three quarters of the way through the year. We are the morning of All Out, where tonight arguably could be one of the matches of the year. But Dave and I are going to sit down and we're going to do a 5-3-1 on the top matches of the year so far. And of course, that banner's got to say fucking top Bobby Eaton matches. Oh, Bobby Eaton, baby. God rest his soul. <laughs> it got us. 
one of the all-time legends. So if you're watching this on video, that happened. That's all right. So, Dave, what? Why did I? Why did you want to do yeah. top matches of the years right now? You know, it's funny. Sometimes I just pick things out my ass, and it's funny. You'll you'll hit me with that question, and I'll be like, "Oh, uh, well, uh, 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 not today, brother." I put some thought into this one. <laughs> Reason why I picked this topic is because in today's day and age, I feel personally, it's like things move so fast. Like just you know, in general. I have a hard time, like, remembering stuff. I have a hard time, like, you know, retaining all the information and the events that happen. And the wrestling world is no different. Like, there are constantly, like, Dynamite and Rampage now every week. We got WWE's got Raw, SmackDown, NXT. We got independent shows. There's so much going on and different ways to watch stuff that it's hard to keep track. So I thought, let's see what everybody else has there so far. What, what were your matches of the year? What did you find entertaining this year? What are you doing? What stuck out? And what did you retain, you know, so far? So I'm just curious to see what our fans got. Especially for a year where COVID was still going. It's still going on now, but it was still heavily affecting the TV product at the beginning of the year. And as the year's gone on, we've slowly brought in crowds and it's made a difference. But the first list I got today is from Brian R. Solomon of the Mothership Facebook group on Facebook. And he's got Reigns versus Brian. Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, mm. Walter versus Dragonoff 2, and Bel Air versus Banks. Interesting lineup. Interesting lineup. I'm going to tell you right now, the ladies' matches you mentioned are probably going to be on a few lists there. Rosa and Britt and Bel Air and Banks. I'm going to see some of that. Now, I liked that he had Harwood and Jungle Boy. That was one to kind of see. I didn't, I didn't remember that one, but that's a very good match that he uh, mentioned there. And I think that's going to be some of the fun of this. Now, I'm going to give you two lists real quick because one gentleman who hit us up on the Working Fans Facebook page, he just sent this in. Peter Vincent Magani. He said, number one, Dragunov versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship. And that's all I got right now. Well, that's all he got because he didn't get back to me for <laughs> nothing in time. So if you listen to this, Peter... That's you. That's what you got. That's okay. We appreciate you getting to what you did. I saw somebody else put they could just watch that match five times and they'd be fine. So it's yeah. going to show up and it did leave a heavy mark on 2021. It's, you know, it's also maybe a little recent biasness too because that match is very recent at a lot of stuff on our list. That being said, the first one was amazing and that one was also amazing. So I think it would be on there no matter what. But Plus that the title is, change, it, that was unexpected. So that gives it another right. level of being like a match which of the is, year. That's a great little thing you added there too, because nowadays too, there are so many more title changes than you know years before. But that was like a championship reign that was like from the seventies or eighties or something. Like that reign went for three years. That's unheard of. Yeah, and that was one that like, even though you might have been able to see it coming, just because of like the feud. It surprised a lot of people. Right. And I mean, like you said, you don't get those three year title runs anymore. And it could be given the new state of the upcoming NXT that maybe bringing Walter in every now and then he won't be featured as much. But it's going to be interesting to see going forward where NXT and where NXT UK kind of how they are after that change. I don't feel like NXT UK is going to be as affected right now as much because of they're still dealing with COVID issues and stuff down there. Everything's still empty arenas and stuff like that, which is why I was glad they brought Walter Dragunov here. You know, the Performance Center is small or the Capital Combat Center, whatever they're calling it now. But, uh, you know, like it's still 
it's still nicest to have people responding and reacting to that match. That being said, I'm kind of curious what the new NXT look will be. I know people are already kind of like condemning it, but I'm I'm curious. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's just see what it is. I, a little sidebar, you got me down there. But yeah, just like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the... Uh, the couple things I've heard logo. is that they want to light the arena more. Yeah. Which is something different, but I kind of like that darkened arena because it makes you think back to the early 80s wrestling where you could see right. the first couple rows and then you can't see much beyond it. But WWE has a certain way of filming their stuff, and I guess it was bound to happen that NXT would eventually be pulled in line with all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny. Those are interesting things, right? Production changes and whatnot. But at the heart of the matter, like, what do we really want? We want good wrestling, right? We want good wrestling. We want good storytelling. So that's where I'm curious. Will there be a change? Now, I have to say, in the beginning, my guess is this is going to be a launch. So we're going to be seeing something. All right. We're going to see something on that debut show, which is the 14th. Now, will it be awesome? Will it suck? We don't know. But you know what? That creates a little bit of buzz. So at least for that debut debut show, it's like, all right, what do you got? What are you bringing to us? And so I'm, I'm curious. Now, talking uh, best matches of the year and a fan of NXT, Jesse from New Hampshire has sent us uh, a list here. And he's got Walter versus Dragunov, TakeOver 36. Funny you talk about COVID at the beginning of the year because this might be one of the few cinematic matches that makes it. But Darby and Sting versus Starks. And he's got Willie Matt, Willie Mack, a cinematic. I think he means Brian Cage. And then we got Briscoes versus Briscoe, the farm match. Another great cinematic match that happened this year. And then we got Moxley versus Nagata, AEW Dynamite. I actually really did like that one. And Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight, NXT 36. And Jesse also added, he thought about putting Aldis and Murdoch from NWA 73 on there. Now, that was a match that just took place over the year, but what a great story. What a great back and forth match. And I actually thought about doing it myself. I thought about putting it on there, but there are so many matches this year that happened. Like you said, the Briscoe versus Jay versus well, Mark on the farm. That was a standout. And that was one of those things where usually as fans, when we watch Ring of Honor, we're left wanting something. Like I've complained about how when they returned to arenas, they didn't quite fill the presentation field that they had. But when they do cinematic matches, when they do video packages, shit, just the way they're doing Jonathan Gresham's pure title run, mm -hmm. where the last time I watched, he had won 12 matches with 12 different finishes. That's insane. And it's just good to hear ROH getting some love, especially for that Briscoe's match. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's very good. And that's what I want to see anyway, too. I want to see all these little independent companies make their mark. And speaking of independent companies, you like to send them some love. I have not seen it yet, but we'll just throw this out there real quick. Some other sidebar. GCW last night. They're continuing to make waves, all right? I was running around this weekend, so I hadn't seen it. I wanted to check out the show just because I was curious about the war games. I was like, they're doing a war games. What's that going to look like? And I saw on social media, they had like a milk crate spot. Like everybody's seen the milk crate challenges. They did something kind of topical. I thought that was pretty cool. But then I wake up and I see... John Moxley's the GCW heavyweight champion. I was blown away. Yeah. And I thought to myself that Cardona was really kind of killing it with that belt. And I really loved the angle they were doing. But, you know, what better way to surprise me and, you know, than John Moxley of all people? John Moxley, who's we've watched in Bloodsport this year. We watched in New Japan where he was a US champion for a while. Obviously, we've seen him in AEW. He's killing it. John Moxley, man, fucking MVP. I love this guy. I know, and I even want to mention that Moxley versus Kojima on All Out tonight has been 
kind of some people have been disappointed they wanted to see tanahashi in that spot but with new japan you're gonna get kind of who they give you and nagata wasn't a bad matchup and kojima also is not a bad matchup it's gonna be we saw him pop up in impact and do some things yes and i think him versus moxley will be a sleeper match on the night definitely they had a little bonus on. They gave it an extra AEW Dark last night. And one of the things they had there is they had a little press conference with Kojima and Moxley getting into it as well. And Moxley putting over that he's a former IWGP heavyweight champion and all Japan triple crown champion. And also, by the way, for that, people watching the show tonight, too, I know they probably won't hear this till later, but they even did an angle on this extra AEW Dark where Julia Hart was attacked. And then Blue Sky, I want to say the lady's name is, had a match with Red Velvet, and she's from the Illinois area. And she lost a very competitive match. And then Tony Khan said, hey, you want to be in the Casino Battle Royal? So they actually cut a little angle there, too. So uh, shout out to those AEW darks once in a while. They're not necessarily must-see viewing all the time, but they will throw you little bones here and there if you watch their shows. Yeah, they're not must-see, but they are part of like the overall programming arc. You get things like... You got the Max Caster rap from a couple weeks ago, probably like a month ago now that got him off of dark. You'll get sleeper matches that are great. And like you said, they are, as time has gone on, they've started incorporating storylines and started advancing stories through dark, which I like. So it's kind of like if you watch everything, you get this complete picture. Hmm. But if you only watch like Dynamite, Rampage, you get most of it. And one more thing, too, just uh, uh, before we get back to best matches, is AEW is going to be on our list, too. And I, I love, I think they're killing it right now. That countdown show they did last night as well. You know, I'm watching it, and in the first few minutes, it's like first two minutes, Jim Ross is interviewing Punk, and Punk is saying, you know, what great it is to kind of be here working with you, you know? And it's like, yeah, we did this before, but not under the circumstances. And Ross says that the thing of Chicago, he was privileged to be on. Because, you know, Ross took over commentary that night for Rampage because I think Jericho was selling the effects of what happened with MJF and that was, you know, they, they put him in that spot and it was interesting because uh, Ross said that that was the biggest moment and his most memorable moment in Chicago, including Foley getting tossed off the uh, cell because uh, know, that happened in Pittsburgh. So I don't know why I said that, but the point is he said that that made him love wrestling again. That made him fall in love with wrestling again, which is an interesting comment by Jim Ross on this show that he's telling you, you know, I'm probably, yeah, maybe I like wrestling, but now I'm back in love with it. And this is it. And Punk looks legitimately humbled. So these other shows, I guess the whole point of this is dark, you know, countdown shows. Check them out once in a while, people, because you find some gems in there. I know you've always talked big about the road to that used to be Absolutely. on YouTube a lot. They don't that do them as much. Now, like the lead are. up to an event. Yeah, and it's AEW's production value is right up there with ROH. And I think it's interesting to note that it was within the last couple of weeks Jim Ross has talked about coming off of commentary full-time, maybe just doing the special events and possibly transitioning more to like a backstage interviewer or a behind-the-scenes role, which I think at this point for Jim Ross would be good because he's still a legend. He's None of us can criticize what he's done, but I think more and more we see mistakes on major shows. It Sometimes it also doesn't seem like his heart is necessarily in it like it used to be. But I mean, like you just explained with that punk thing. Right. 
maybe it's just not enough big moments to really pull him right. in. And, and I it, think Punk has been big enough to bring in lapsed fans yeah. and fans that were doubting AEW up until this point. It would be interesting to see. Like, I haven't really noticed anything in the last week or two since that Punk thing. It'd be interesting to look at Jim Ross's work maybe in a bubble in those last couple of weeks since Punk's stuff. But to piggyback off that real quick, too. Oh, I heard him call. It was either a luchador or a team. Or no, it was a, it was a ref. Because I was barely paying attention to the episode. And Jim Ross kept harping on referee Mike Posey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it kind of looked like the old ROH referee to me. And then I look up, and sure enough, Excalibur corrects right. him the next sentence. Like, oh, that's Paul Turner. And it's little things like that that by this point, mm. at least the refs he got, he got to be able to get right. Like, luchadors, moves, those things are kind of fluid. But, I mean, refs. Well, wait a minute. Now, I will say this, too, in fairness to everybody involved in that here. The only buddy I've heard. I heard Eddie Kingston on AEW Dark Elevation take Shivani and Big Show the task for not knowing some of the moves. And I forget, Shivani joked, well, Excalibur didn't tell me. He's like, well, I'm not talking to Excalibur. I'm telling you what that move is. And uh, yeah. I wish I could remember what it was. But but I was going to say, actually, what I was just going to say was, regardless of Jim on the announcing, if he did want to take backseat, I think one of the things he still excels at is these interviews. Like that interview he did with Jericho, where he made it, you know, personal, where he talked about that. Oh yeah, the sit-down interviews, he's great at. Yeah, yeah. Even in the one with, uh, like, he just said, like I said, Punk on the countdown. But even in the ring with Jericho, where he said, you know, I'm concerned about my friend, and I'm worried about the decision he's made to put his career on the line for 30 years, and we're going to talk to him about that. It's like, oh, okay. Now I'm feeling like this is a two friends talking to each other, and this is a personal thing. So there's little things like that where I do feel like, yeah. That's something he would excel at anyway. But yeah, he's still got a great mind for the business. He still has a lot to contribute. I just think it's almost getting to that Taz thing on commentary where it's he gets it 80% of the time and Taz owns it. He almost acknowledges that he's going to screw things up, you know, but I mean, I almost think that's part of Taz's charm by this point. Commentary Jones, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, was it my turn? We've, we've got off on a tangent here. We're going to go off on plenty of tangents. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, go ahead. I'm going to give you my list next. I've got Albert Bettis from the... This I got from the Mothership group, but I think I posted it in Rock and Randy's because he asked, didn't we already do this? And I told <laughs> he, him, busy he, week right. at work, we double posted. But you got Walter versus Dragonoff 2, Walter versus Dragonoff 1, Walter versus Champa. Lethal versus Gresham at ROH 500 and Jay versus Mark Briscoe on the farm. The farm getting some love. Gotta love it. Although I'll tell you, we are seeing a lot of Walter Dragonoff. I feel like that's made everybody's list. Yeah. I think what was so appealing about Jay versus Mark on the farm is they made it look as real as possible. And with the inclusion of their dad there, kind of having them fight, like, are we done? And they're like, nope. And they get up and they just beat the piss out of each other. And there was enough classic footage oh shit we dropped out there for a second but like i was saying their dad was there to regulate the fight there was enough classic footage that you knew they fought around the farm Mm. there weren't as many spots that stretched your believability of things you know like for the most part you could be like all right i could see that like when he got on top of the van he goes what are you gonna do jump on me (laughs) and then he just met him up there to fight i was like geez that's amazing that's good shit. I got Mike Caldwell sending us a list here this week. He's got Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, WrestleMania. And Mike also admits he watches WWE a little more, so he's, he might be skewed. 
But that's fine. I told him, send us your list, you know. So he's also got Walter versus Dragunov, Bank, Banks versus Bel Air. He's got Reigns versus Brian from SmackDown and Eds versus Seth from SummerSlam. I think there's going to be, I know at least with the Mothership group, since it follows Jim Cornette and Brian Last, kind of Arcadian Vanguard stuff, they are a little more Mm anti-AEW. So some of these lists are going to be a little slanted towards WWE. And plus, I mean, it's been the major wrestling federation for 40 years. So if that's somebody's go-to matches, we're not going to fault anybody for what they watch. No, absolutely not. Later on, we've got some friends with mostly New Japan matches, and mine is like a spread over the indie. Mine's all over the place. I think there's a great mix so far, honestly. I just think the one constant so far has been Walter Dragunov, too. But, I mean, yeah, we've seen some Ring of Honor stuff getting some love here. You know, I mean, there's been a couple other matches, obviously Bel Air Banks, but I mean, Rosa and Britt Baker has been on a lot of lists as well. So now, oh, is it my turn? I'm getting lost. Definitely now. Whose list do you got next for us? Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I got Randy Oska. All right. And he's got Josh Alexander versus TJP in that 60 minute Ironman match on June 3rd Impact Wrestling. Now, that also was on the pre-show and poured into Impact Wrestling. That's why I forget about it. Yeah, no surprise here. He's also got Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in the unsanctioned AEW match. If you know Randy, you know he's a big fan of both those girls. Edge versus Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, night two at WrestleMania 37. He's got Walter versus Dragunov, NXT2 TakeOver 36. And he's got the Lucha Bros versus the Jungle Express, Tag Team Tournament Finals, AEW Rampage, August 27th. And Randy throwing us a sixth one here. The Young Bucks, hey, versus, Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston at AEW Double or Nothing. Another Randy good match. Had, I mean, Randy very... had AEW, WWE, Eddie even had an impact match. So Randy breaking the uh, the mold here, giving us a little variety. And that's the thing. Like I think Impact's going to be severely underrepresented on this match, and it doesn't mean they haven't had good matches. Like That was a good one. God, I feel like that Deanna Perrazzo, Matthew Raywalt, the finish to that homecoming tournament like a month ago was great. But yeah, they're not going to get nearly enough love that they should. Now, that now just- I, before you go on with that, I will tell you a little behind the scenes stuff. I gave you some lists beforehand. I realized you had a couple lists on here. I'm, I'm, I only have my list next because <laughs> if I'm correct, I believe you have Flynn. Jake, uh, you take Zach. them then. You read those lists. I got other lists. All right, I'll read Flynn. I'll read Flynn, and then you you hit me with one here. All right, uh, or we'll see how it goes. Just yeah, just take it. All right, Mike Flynn hitting us with Dragonoff versus Walter, Osprey versus Single Don't Talk to. How do you say that name? Shingo Takagi. Oh, maybe he just it's okay. It's Wait, saying, what, what was the Osprey versus Osprey Shingo? But then it, oh, it's it's the it's New Japan event. I the way he wrote it down, I read it as a name. Oh, wrestling like, Otaku. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who Shingo is. That's how I'm like, oh, hey, it's funny. Like... Anytime you like misread a name, the big guess of the game is like, all right, who's he talking about? Yeah, but I know like we were literally talking about Shingo before. So, okay. All right, that's good. All right, he's giving us the events. My bad. You got Omega Phoenix from Dynamite, Okada Osprey, Wrestle Kingdom, and Abushi J. White from Wrestle Kingdom. And there you go. Mike Flynn with a heavy New Japan influence on that list. In fact, All right, now, Walter so, Dragunov only went under. Go ahead. Yep. Now, following up on 
Dave's pronunciation, he gave me a list from Scott from Voluntown, and I yes. know exactly why he did, because we've got Walter versus Dragonoff, TakeOver 36. We've got <laughs> Will Ospreay versus Shingo, Tata- Shingo Takagi, Wrestling Donataku, Rosa versus Breaker, and then Utami Hayashishida versus Siyuri versus Start from the Stardom Tokyo Dream Cinderella Tournament 2021. Yes, I had to practice Hayashi Shida before I recorded, and we got Moxley versus versus Barnett, Bloodsport 6. Well, first off, uh, in order to give you that list because of that reason would mean I was prepared enough to do that. I assure you it was a fluke because I forgot all about that. But you are 100% correct, and I would have messed that up because I remember getting that list and go, oh, I'm going to mess that name up. <laughs> yeah, anybody that listens, they know they I work know. in the beer business. Dave works in the bread business. It is Labor Day weekend? Yeah, watch that MMA pod. Listen to that MMA podcast. You don't know how I am about names. <laughs> and just mainly with weekends like this, I mean – we are really squeezing this in whenever we can. Like we'll usually record on a Saturday before our live show. We did not have a live show when you guys hear this, this past week because of the holiday weekend. And I'm not going to lie. The month of September is going to have some holes in it. AJ is not going to be here next week. Week of the show. The live show. Yeah. I think he's going to be here this week, not the following week. Yeah. And I am not going to audio... be here the week following that because I will be live at Farm Aid in Hartford, Connecticut, checking out Willie Nelson and all other kinds of country bands. I like his brother half. <laughs> Listen, like, as far as the audio version goes of this podcast or video, I don't know when AJ's going to be back. I don't know. What you... <laughs> Guys, it might just him. be the Dave and Joe show from now I on. Seen Get ready. He told me he was going out for a pizza or something. And that may have walked out of my life. I don't know where he is. AJ hey. went out for a for a slice of cheesecake and never came back. What is that name of that event again with uh Shingo and um Osprey? Wrestling Donataku. Donataku, okay. Because I got Jake St. John next. And yeah, speaking got, of the brothers, the real ZSJ. Yes, he's got Will Osprey versus Shingo Takagi from Donataku <laughs> 2021. He's got Moxley versus Barnett, Bloodsport 6. He's got the Bucks and Mox versus Kingston versus Mox and Kingston, double or nothing. And he's got Shingo versus Cobb, Wrestle Kingdom 15, day two. And he's got Walter versus Dragunov, too, as well. Next list, I got Blair Krieger from the Mothership Facebook group. He's got Walter versus Dragunov, Baker versus Rosa, Cole versus O'Reilly, the first takeover match, the chamber that Daniel Bryan won, the Royal Rumble match, and I'll be damned if the Jake rule <coughs> is not in effect because he's also got Sasha versus Bel Air from Mania yep. and MJF versus Sammy from Dynamite. That MJF Sammy match was great. That's something about this list. You know, it's one thing to get the Bel Air and the Banks and, you know, you know, dragging off and Walter because they're events, right? Yeah. Those are events, trust me. But those little like, TV matches. That's what's interesting that makes these lists right there. So Yeah, it's surprising yes. when you get a TV match that'll give you like a match of the year candidate. Right. And especially MJF and Sammy is interesting because those are two young guys, early 20s. That is a rivalry that AEW could ride throughout. That could be the next Colin O'Reilly. Sure. The, who knows how deep that could go. It just depends how long they book it. Well, I got the other brother now. I got Zach St. John. He's got... Osprey versus. Uh, I thought you Takagi. gave us Zach first. Now, 
that was Jake, but you did say the real ZSJ. So Oh, I said yeah. it for the wrong one. Yeah, 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah, Jake. Yeah, I know. That's all right. Night full of diamonds available uh, on Amazon. Shout out. <laughs> we gotta make it up to him. Yeah, uh, we're not tired from working all week. We got Osprey versus Tatagi. We got Walter Dragonoff to Osprey versus Xavier New Japan Cup. Omega. Orange Cassidy, Pac from Double or Nothing. And we got that Lights Out match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. That's also making plenty of lists here, I feel like. That too. is making a lot. And I'll go right into my next list. Cal Hawks. He's got Walter versus Dragunov. Walter versus Ciampa. Takagi versus Okada. A little different on that one. Hmm. Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And Gresham versus Lethal. Nice. Ring of Honor getting some more love in there. Now, Joe, how many more lists you got here? I've got myself. All right, me too. So I'll just go right into it then. I got Walter versus Dragunov 2. I got Belts and, Banks and Bel Air. Now I want to say something about Banks and Bel Air. I know it's made some lists and stuff here. reason why it made my list was because it was one of the more emotional matches I've seen. Just two African-American females main eventing WrestleMania. Big moment. You could not... Bel Air was having trouble like not crying throughout this thing. Banks was a little emotional as well, but they pulled it together and they had an awesome match. Which did make us a little pissed off is why, you know, WWE kind of shit on her title reign when Becky came back and took it away from 28 seconds. But that's another topic. But anyway, that's I know. I wonder what's the difference between those two competitors that might make the title come off so quick in WWE. (laughs) That's so interesting you bring that up. Anyway, (laughs) continuing on. More women make my list as I also had some love for Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I think this is Britt Baker's best match ever. I think Britt has really stepped up her game. She was awesome on the mic, and she's put some great matches. But her match with Rosa, absolutely off the chart. I think it's the best match of her career. How far has Baker come in two years from going to tag the wrong Japanese girl to now she's on top of the division? Yeah, it's incredible. I also put Moxley and Barnett and Bloodsport 2 on there because I just thought it was something different, completely different animal. And six. Oh, yeah. I think I was writing this down and I saw Jake and Scott had it and I wanted to be as well in my little notes. Anyway, but, and also finally on my list, I went with a TV match as well. Hangman and Dark Order versus the Elite from Dynamite. I thought just for the fucking entrances alone and the crowd, that son of a bitch was amazing to watch. And It was cool seeing them do something different too for their entrances. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I think that makes Dynamite so fun. Uh, yeah, that's what I like about AEW is that Tony Khan is not afraid to license the music to make the moment, whereas yeah. the WWE will create their own music so they don't have to necessarily pay. It's, right. I mean, money-wise, it might not be the most prudent thing, but I really think it makes for the moment when you can get, like if Punk wasn't coming out to Cult of Personality, if they didn't come out on that entrance to like that jock jams music. I don't think the segment wouldn't have hit to the degree that it did, yeah. but that that's just a little thing on Tony Khan's licensing. Now my list, no surprise, Walter versus dragon off too. I have Steve versus Colby Carino. If you have not seen this, you got to go on IWTV, use the code. Yes. <coughs> pod. You'll get a seven day free trial. And then for every, for every month that you stay on, the Between the Sheets podcast gets a little kickback. It's not our code, but you get IWTV and a podcast that is doing something Ooh. worth supporting, get some kickback from that. That's where I saw Steve versus Colby Carino. 
Steve, he's feeling good. And from what I heard on, I want to say post wrestling, this was the best he's been feeling. And if he was going to get a match in with his son, it was going to be right now. The WWE allowed it. So just the WWE allowing him to do this. And then the quality of match we got from these two, the storytelling was off the chain. You have to see this if you're a wrestling fan. Three, I've got Cardona versus Gage, where Cardona won that title because it was a typical, I would say almost typical Gage GCW match, but the heat Cardona had and just the whole title run, everything coming off it, I just thought it was amazing. Gage's entrance, it was the biggest audience the Showboat Casino has had, and they went nuts. I've got Moxley versus Barnett, Bloodsport 6, because that match was... We've been waiting for it for a year. We finally got it. I think it lived up to the hype, and it makes Bloodsport one of those must-see events. And my last match, Jay versus Mark Briscoe on the farm. Wow. So, listening to all those... First off, you talked up Carino versus Carino pretty good, so I might check that out. Secondly, all right, going through these lists, it's very clear that Walter and Dragunov 2 are in the finals. That's yep. a given. I've got that. I see Baker Rosa as well. I do too, man. I mean, you, that match got mentioned a lot, and then it was kind of interesting, right? Because it was like the Banks Bell Air match, the Bloodsport Six match. Osprey oh, Takagi. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that probably did get more votes in retrospect. That might even have got more votes than Baker Rosa. That might be right up there. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to throw Osprey Takagi in there. I think that was... A lot of people mentioned that one. And, I mean, it is almost a what running gag on this show that the third yeah. one in is always the first one out. And, oh, why should this be any different, baby? <laughs> and I, I, I would love to do something different. I would love to not follow that. We, but we I mean, have. It's happened. But, yeah, it's... Osprey Sakagi, great match. But, I mean, as far as... The exposure that our fans might have had, I think a lot more people saw Dragonoff, Walter, and Baker Rosa. Yeah. And I so mean, it's... this is a reason why everybody should be watching more New Japan World and yeah. keeping up with the New Japan Strong promotion that is going to be almost the U.S. arm of New Japan. This is interesting. And also, I mean, also, too, look at one of the matches we talked about possibly getting into was Bloodsport 6. So people. There's other wrestling out there, too. Obviously, check it out. It's not just WWE and AEW. There's plenty of stuff out there. Yeah, I, I'm i just trying to find a reason, like a different reason why Osprey Takagi shouldn't be in there. And I mean, to me, Walter Dragunov just set the tone for like a brutal, brutal match. Baker Rosa, too, for a ladies match. That was extremely brutal. Even got some blood in it. Yeah. That's crazy. That well, that I was gonna say. Also, more emotion too. I think in that one to a certain yeah. extent with the ladies, just the aftermath and what it meant. Yeah, it's a, it's you know it's. I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like there's only one winner. It's Walter Dragunov too. This has to be. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what the music means. Walter Dragunov too is the winner. Dave, before we get out of here, we are recording this on the day of All Out. Let's give our thoughts ahead of All Out. It's well, gonna sure. be happening tonight. We don't have to go through the whole card. No, no, no. Let's just talk about what's what we're thinking about right now in the moment. Obviously, obviously, Punk. Punk Darby is clearly the match. Sidebar. I've said this on other shows, but man, oh man, if you're Daniel Garcia 
and uh, 2.0, the former Everrise. How fucking excited were you to be at AEW right now? You guys went, well, not Garcia, but in particular 2.0, you were basically enhancement town in NXT with some mic time. And now you're like feuding with Sting, Punk, Darby. So I just want to throw that out there as we let into this match. And they're aligned with the hottest young star, Daniel Garcia, who I've, I've heard his name for like a year or so coming up through the Indies. I swear when we talked to Brandon Thurston, he brought him up because I want to say he's out of that upper New York area. They've mentioned that, yeah. But I mean, geez, the year he's had, and he's another young talent where if AEW signs him, you could have another star going forward for the next 10 years, and he'd only be in his mid-30s then. I don't know if you heard this too, but 2.0 likes to call him his son. Our son, Daniel Garcia, is going to take care Yes, I did see that in... Was that on the AEW Dark this week? It might have the been a special uh, one that came out. It might have been on Dark. It might have been on Rampage. They've said it a couple times now, so it's definitely yeah. It's hard, there. especially between coming off the work week and then trying to fit in all these shows. I mean, you had Rampage Friday night. There was the special Dark, I believe, Friday. I think I watched it Saturday, and then you got the preview show. There is so much wrestling to watch, especially ahead of All Out now. Where's your excitement level for the Kenny Christian match? I feel uh, like they did that match a disservice after Punk came out. Like, get that yeah. thing on Dynamite or something. Yeah, so when Christian first took the Impact title off of Kenny, I thought they did an excellent job. Things were heating up, and maybe we got that. But now I think you're right. I think there's been so much going on with Punk Darby that you have to close with Punk Darby, obviously. And this just doesn't feel like a main event. And that's kind of where we were uh, last pay-per-view, too. If you remember, we ended up doing the uh, triple threat with Pac, Cassidy, and Omega. And I'm forgetting what closed the show right now, but that did not close the show. Now, do you think that's devaluing Kenny Omega as a champion at all? That him as a champion can't headline a show over this returning personality? In some cases, it would. I don't think that's the case here. I think it's just the case that they've had bigger stuff going into some of this i think the last one was if you remember it was the oh god what do they call that the big multi-tag football stadium match oh stadium uh, stadium. Stadium. yeah so that that was something that was special that they wanted to close with and then this case we got the return of cm punk after seven eight years so i think it's just the circumstances i think kenny's so talented he's so good that everybody knows that and i don't think uh he's being treated as a secondary champion or anything like that now, Pac Andrade, not a match anymore. Who do you, does Andrade keep a match? Does he still wrestle on the pay-per-view? There was talk about that, I believe. Maybe setting up with a mystery opponent of some kind. Ooh, that could lead, that could lead to some interesting talk. Yeah, that would be something, huh? We got Brian Danielson in there the first night. What a match, too. Oh, yeah. And I mean, how have you felt about seeing Punk get physical before his match? Did you like it? Did you think they shot too it early was, on that? Nah, it was the right level of physical. It was, physical. It was just you know a couple punches and a GTS. I don't so, know. That Everrise beatdown felt like it was going on forever when they beat him down. I will agree with you there. I thought, um, so let me clarify. I thought the amount of physicalness that Punk put out was yeah. just fine. I thought he sold a little too much and took a little bit too much of a beating from the aforementioned guys that I'm happy for. But I also thought, hmm, <laughs> I feel like this is going on a little too long. Yeah, watching <laughs> that segment, I'm like, I can see him beating him down. But then I'm like, all right, seven, eight, nine. Like right. when you can start 
almost counting the amount of punches. You're like, what's going on here? Like, is yeah. somebody coming out to save him? <laughs> that was a little weird, but that's the only thing in his return so far that I've been on the fence about. Yeah, I so I hope you just to see him drive against the opponent tonight. Tag team cage match. Where are you on that? Are you excited? Who do you see winning? Is this the Lucha Brothers time? I think it is. I think the fact. I thought the Lucha Brothers were going to get a victory on Dynamite, and I thought they needed it. And the fact they did it, I'm going to go with a little WWE style booking here. And that means that they're going to get the win just Sunday. Now, that doesn't necessarily always point out because AEW does do things differently. But in this case, I kind of hope it does because I do think the Lucha Brothers deserve it. Does the cage help or hinder the match? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard this on another podcast as well. They were talking about that because I want to say it was on post. It might be. I think Wrestle Observer talked about it as well. But it's like one of those things where it's such a big, tall cage. That like what you know like oh god I'm I'm scared fucking to death to think if somebody tries like a Canadian destroyer off that cage or something like that that thing is huge that's the one Cody broke his foot on so I, we've yeah. seen him do crazier things off of ladders I want to say it was all out a couple yeah. of years ago that that fucking that cage is very high though Ugh, I'm scared I don't think it'll hinder the match because these guys are all so good so and the ladies battle royal level of excitement for it I. I feel like after seeing the NWA do such a good pay-per-view the other week, yeah, I feel like this is going to be the dud of the show and not for any fault of their own, but I just feel like it's the least exciting thing they have in the card. It all depends on where they place this and who is going to be the mystery person or two mystery people. Um, I think there's still room for I two I thought spots. they filled all the spots. I thought that Sky got a spot, but I thought there was one more still. I could be wrong about that. So if that's the case, never mind. <laughs> yeah, as far as I had heard, I believe there was one open spot, yeah. and then this filled it so that whatever site I read it on said like that almost takes away from the possible Ruby Soho yeah, debut. That was, that was what I was looking forward to. Was that okay? So if that's but I happened, mean, usually that battle royal features that debut. I mean, we saw Brian Cage come out in one, yeah. so it could still happen. You never know what's going to happen leading up to the show. Matt side does as well, but um, yeah, hopefully there is some kind of debut because that's really that match is all about to me. I mean, and that's not a knock on the women. That's just the battle royal. That's the setup. Like yeah, and it, usually with that wild card, it's the perfect debut spot, and they've yeah. used it as a great debut vehicle. Not anyone, uh, in fact, I don't think anybody who's got the wild card spot has won it so far, too. Because Cage didn't, oh wait, no, Cage didn't win it. But Sedell did it, and I think whoever was the last one was didn't win either. So, I mean, it's not always a guaranteed win, either. No, but it's like a, a guaranteed, like, debut, and cool yes. debut with that. Not guaranteed right. debut, but, like, you're gonna, if you're gonna get a debut with that spot, it's gonna make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, let's end like we end most of our live shows. What's the match you're looking forward to most of this, this show? It's Punk Darby. It's got to be. Punk Darby, it's got to be, right? Yeah, you got to see what Punk's got after all these years. Hopefully, <clears throat> he's got a lot of left on the table. I think he does, and I'm interested to see it. I mean, we haven't yet watched the GCW War Games match. I feel that's going to be great, too. That happened last night, but fans... Thank you for thank you for listening again, and we will catch you next week. And a little preview, Dave. Tomorrow's live episode when this or no, this Saturday's live episode when this debuts. How do you feel? Biggest return, CM Punk this year, or Shawn Michaels in two thousand eight? They both had about the same amount of time off. They, I let's leave the discussion for that. So sounds good to me. Working fans Saturday, we'll be talking 
Michael's return versus Punk's return. And we will talk to you later. Later. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocketcast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple podcast which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 